Welcome to Kid Tech, the podcast that goes behind the scenes with the makers, creators, and indeed influencers of the kids' digital media ecosystem. Today, something a bit different. I'm with an um, extremely well-known YouTuber, Stephen Scherer. Um, a lot of you will know of Stephen. Um, his channel has amassed over 3 billion channel views, um, 7.7 million subscribers. It's one of the most uh, subscribed YouTube channels on the planet. Um, Stephen, I'm probably missing out a couple of, of key stats there, am I? Uh, you basically got them all. I would say, uh, I guess the most impressive thing, maybe a little more impressive from like all that combined was that I, I started just three years ago. So right. all that, all that traction in three, within three years. So I think, you know, like a lot of the listeners to this show are, you know, they are coming from an advertising perspective or content or, you know, anything within that sort of enterprise ecosystem overall. So I think, you know, the notion that you would have built up your following your community in three short years is, is, is frankly pretty unbelievable to, to a lot of them. So can you kind of walk us through that journey? Yeah, so when I say I grew that fast in three years, it's not just, uh, it wasn't just based on luck or just uh, necessarily good content alone. It was definitely a calculated strategy that I had from the start. Right. So right. when I started three years ago, right before I started, I said, YouTube is definitely something I want to do. And I want to grow on YouTube and I want to find a way to get my foot in the door mm. and not get wished washed and pushed out by all these content creators that are already established online. So I said, how can I break through? How can I really get my foot in the door and how can I grow? So I did a ton of research on kind of what makes YouTube YouTube, what makes a video perform and how you can get a video to continue to perform. Mm. So with those tactics, I just kept applying that to every single video I posted Mm. I kept my channel branding consistent with my share the love brand and everyone uh, eventually just started catching on. And within three months, I gained 100,000 subscribers. And then within two years, or with sorry, within a year, I gained 2 million subscribers. And mm. I'm at over 8 million subscribers today. So it's been a lot of viral growth. And I mean, I, I guess, you know, a lot of folks listening would feel that like it's it's to your point i guess like it's such a crowded landscape that it's just impossible to build you know a new brand within the, the the video and creator environment like when you talk about those those different points sort of the hundred thousand and the two million and and, and so forth do you feel feel that's still applicable today like for the next steven sharer who's coming through is that is that possible today or has it gotten harder I would say it, it's definitely possible today. Every, anything's possible. Uh, everyone has something special to offer and something unique to offer. Mm -hmm. If you can, and there's the great thing about YouTube is there's more people on YouTube. There's more eyeballs on YouTube. So those things that you have to offer, there's an audience for it. Mm -hmm. You just have to find the audience. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of when people start posting and they're not getting the traction, it's they got to kind of be in the mindset that, oh, I just haven't found my audience yet. My right. videos haven't been suggested to my audience yet. If they kind of keep that mindset mm. where they're looking for their audience, they're looking to build their following, they just got to find the right people, mm. uh, that, that, that can definitely help a lot. Now, with that being said, you want to make sure that you're listening to the viewers that you're uh, showing your videos to and that you're providing and you're listening to the uh, comments and all that feedback that you're getting to help you improve along the way. Hmm. And, you know, the last three years have been 
pretty tumultuous for YouTube. I mean, th there have been a lot of changes across the platform. Can you talk through, I suppose, what you've seen that's that's been most impactful on your growth, I guess, both good and bad? Yeah, so when I first started three years ago, a lot of the YouTube, YouTube algorithm was kind of push the viral content. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the videos would just, the way the videos would take off, again, I can talk a very analytical sense, so I'm trying to tune it down for general audiences, but I can, um, basically the way it worked when I first started is a video would, if it was really good and viral content, it would completely go viral. Mm -hmm. You know, tens, 20, 30, even hundred millions of views for a video. Right. YouTube has since changed where they're looking to create more of like a brand within your channel. Mm. So although you don't necessarily get as viral of videos as easily now, mm. you are able to kind of brand your content more consistently and grow and, estab and establish a more consistent audience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, if you have like series of videos where it's kind of like more traditional TV in that sense where, okay, this is video one, and there's a two-part series, three-part series. Naturally, viewers are going to engage with that because they're gonna watch the first series and they're gonna say, I wanna see part two. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. YouTube also likes that because it ties in your videos and it creates more of a series. It creates a playlist mm -hmm. for viewers to watch and it helps keep viewers on not only your channel, but on the YouTube ecosystem, the YouTube website as well. So with all that being said, it, it plays nicely in the algorithm. And that's kind of how it's changed. It's gone from just creating one-off videos to kind of more of a series and more of an established brand and channel. And do you feel that that is, is effectively YouTube optimizing for the more, let's call it professional or dedicated YouTuber, as opposed to sort of the much longer tail of, of, you know, let's call it sort of sub 1 million subscriber channels. Yeah, so I, I, the way the algorithm currently is and what has changed to, I'm speaking as of today, because tomorrow could be totally different. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh, it's, definitely more, it's definitely more of a long-term uh, way mm -hmm. from what I see it. It, it, right. it. it helps keep established channels or channels that have an established audience Mm. growing and kind of more safe in that sense. Right. And you can kind of count on more of a constant uh, viewership, constant audience mm -hmm. versus in the past where you, these viral videos would take off. You'd have some videos that were really well, that do really well. And you'd have some that just do, you know, mm -hmm. mediocre or not well mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. And now it's kind of more like a, a steady baseline. Right, right, right. And uh, I mean, the, obviously last year YouTube got fined um, $170 million for uh, their breach of COPPA and they started rolling out all of the made for uh, kids um, content changes across a lot of different channels. Have, have you seen or, or observed sort of amongst your peer group, like, you know, any specific um, consequences of that? Has that had any impact on how you've thought about content and community engagement? So right from the start, my content was always family friendly. I always made content that kind of appealed to all audiences, particularly mm -hmm. families. So for me, the COPA wasn't that big of an issue. Mm -hmm. I've noticed in other creators, you know, they'll have comments disabled 
mm. and they've kind of catered and shifted the way they present their content. Mm. Um, but in terms of now, I know when it was first coming about, people were like, oh, it's the end of YouTube, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's gone anywhere near that. Mm. I would just say overall, they've kind of just taken measures to kind of make their platform safer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's going to continue to evolve. But, uh, you know, with this set in place, it kind of sets the benchmark for keeping YouTube safe as a whole. Right. And as, from a monetization perspective, did that make you think more broadly about different monetization options? Um, or were you doing that already? I mean, sort of beyond, you know, advertising. Yeah. So from, from the start, again, I always say from the start, but uh, I, I kind of had this plan in place. Like YouTube is a great system. It's a great platform. But you've got to remember, if you have in any business that you go into, if you have all your eggs in one basket, mm. you're setting yourself self up for a lot of risk and potential failure. So from the start, I always had other outlets for putting content out there for creating an audience and growing an audience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with all these things that's happened to YouTube recently, it's not going to just happen to YouTube. It's going to happen to all these platforms as well. Mm. So it's kind of just kicked people more into gear. Like, oh, if it's happening on YouTube where I'm very well established, I need to make sure I have eggs in other baskets. Right, right. And speaking of other baskets, um, let's talk about TikTok and some of the other platforms. I mean, TikTok has obviously been exploding for quite some time. Um, how do you think about that as a platform? And, and how do you think about sort of the increasing fragmentation of platforms um, to, to distribute content? Yeah, so it's interesting. Uh, TikTok is definitely an engaging platform. Uh, it kind of reminds me of when, when I started on YouTube three years ago, where the algorithm for TikTok has actually evolved tremendously over the past six months. Mm. But it's for a while, it was promoting just like viral videos. It's, if you were a new creator, one of your videos would go viral. At least one of them would. Yeah. It, it, trying to get people to own the platforms, trying to get people to stay on the platform and stay engaged. Mm. Even from there, like within the past three months, it shifted again. Mm. So TikTok is in a very, very early stage in their algorithm, and it's definitely developed a lot. Uh, but with all these new platforms coming about, even though there's a bunch of new platforms, you got your, you know, the main ones, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all that stuff. I, every creator will have a different audience on each platform. Mm. So for me, I got my, I have, you know, over 8 million subscribers on YouTube on Instagram. I have some of my audience from YouTube, but I also have a new audience that's solely follows me just on Instagram right. or just solo follows me just on TikTok. So there's, there's always new audiences on each platform but there is a kind of a flow over rate of your existing audience on other platforms as well. So it's kind of something to keep in mind that you don't just take your YouTube audience and smack them over to the, to another platform. Sure. And I, I guess, you know, one of the questions that advertisers and agencies always bring to the table is, you know, can you explain, I suppose, the different nature of each of those audiences? So if you were to describe the difference between your Insta audience and your YouTube audience, for example, how would you how would you describe? So for me, my YouTube audience is kind of seeing a video or two that I'm producing every week. Hmm. And that video kind of encompasses kind of everything I do in one week into one video. 
mm. versus Instagram kind of follows me on the day to day. So on Instagram, they're, they're seeing what I'm doing in the morning. They're seeing what I'm doing in the afternoon. They're seeing what I'm doing on the evening, like every day mm-hmm. with my stories and then my posts as well. And then YouTube kind of takes all that stuff and kind of summarizes it into one video. Mm-hmm. But do, do you think about the actual audience being just sort of different in terms of how they want their content or like, do you feel, do, do you notice anything being like younger or older or, or like in, in terms of the, I suppose the fan engagement, do you see, do you see any, anything different? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So YouTube, the fan engagement, they're, they're there. They're looking for longer form content. Mm. The fans on Instagram are looking for shorter form content. You know, they're used to those 15 second stories. They're used to those static posts that you can just mm. like or comment. Right. So they're used right. to that very short engagement. Yeah, yeah. And with that being said, a lot of my audience on Instagram is a little bit older. Mm-hmm. That's a, general demographics for Instagram is a little bit older than what's on YouTube and vice versa and all that. So it's definitely, it's a lot of the same audience. It's, it's also a lot of different audience as well. Mm-hmm. And, and what about, I mean, have you seen enough of TikTok at this stage to have a sense of, of where that audience kind of comes in between if you take sort of Instagram as one point on the spectrum and, and YouTube as the other? Do you know? I would anything? almost say it's a very good middle point. Mm. Uh, it's got a great amount. I, it, it's got a very high amount of my YouTube subscribers mm. on TikTok. And it's also got a good amount of Instagram subscribers on it. Mm. If anything, I would say it might lean more towards YouTube a little bit right now. Interesting. But uh, it's very much almost like a middle engagement because it's still, unlike Instagram, where it's basically static posts for the most part, minus mm. the stories, mm. TikTok is a video format platform. Mm. And YouTube is solely, for the most part, video only platform. Mm. So you're kind of going strict video, shorter video to pictures. Right, right. Yeah. That's why it's kind of a middle platform. And if you were in charge of building features for creators in TikTok and YouTube and Instagram. What's like the number one thing you would like to be there for each of those platforms, but from a creator perspective? Oh, definitely uh, like a more engaging form of uh, comments in a, right. in a sense where if you can just basically understand your audience, what they want mm. and what they're looking for, if you can get it in, uh, more easy than just like reading straight comments or right. taking polls and stuff like that. That is the most beneficial thing you can have. Listening mm-hmm. to your audience is super beneficial. Right, right. And so I suppose sort of talking about like audience and, and audience engagement and listening to them, um, you're releasing um, a new game called Rocket Slide. Um, so can you talk to me about why and where you're going with that. I mean, clearly I sort of see the media empire beginning to expand here across multiple platforms, but, but what's, what's the genesis behind it? Yeah, so Steven shares Rocket Slide. We just released it. Uh, it's, a, it's a video game app and it's absolutely amazing. I, I really love it. And that kind of came from the whole idea of listening to your audience. Right. So Carter and I, my brother Carter uh, and I, we started building this giant slip inside in our backyard mm. and it was literally this homemade thing it's not something you buy at target or you know the apartment store you blow it up a little 10 foot slide yeah. no it, it's a huge thing that we actually made 
from billboards, used billboards, which are like thick tarps. Yeah. And we laid them on our hill and it started as like a hundred feet, 200 feet. And it would go down our hill into our backyard pond. Right. And we made a video on it and the audience absolutely loved it. My viewers loved it. They looked forward to it and they wanted more and more and more. So we took their feedback and the next year we made another video and we improved the slip and slide. We made it even faster. We made it even bigger. We made it more epic. And that's something that's been a tentpole event on our channel ever since. Right. And so uh, the idea for an app was something that again came from listening to my audience. They absolutely love gaming mm. and they love my slip and slide videos. So we combined those two concepts together and we created the Steven Share Rocket Slide app, which is basically literally an exact replica of my homemade backyard slip and slide and a video game. So that way they have another platform to kind of engage with and they can take that experience of what they're seeing in the videos mm -hmm. and take it and play it at any time, anywhere. Cool. Very cool. And what, I mean, that's obviously a different medium um, to go into, like, I mean, it's interactive or, or certainly sort of slightly different from video creation. Um, what have you learned in doing that? Yeah, so it's definitely, YouTube is very much go, go, go kind of, low barriers to entry, right. all that stuff, which is what I'm used to. Hmm. Uh, the app is very much different. It's a longer process. It takes months to make. Hmm. It takes some development changes and shifts and all this stuff. So it was, it was definitely, it, it's a more time consuming project hmm. and there's more that goes into it hmm. uh, versus YouTube, which is just a straight quick turnaround. So that what I would say that's the biggest um, change, but it also, kind of benefited because it allows you to kind of say, okay, it's going to take a few months to build, right? Why it's getting built. Let's think about everything. Let's go back and check out what my audience has been saying, what they've been requesting, what right. special things we can put in. And so mm -hmm. as we update the app and as new features come out, well, there's things that the audience has been requesting mm -hmm. over the past years as characters that'll get added into the game as different levels in the game and mm -hmm. different options to buy. So when you, you know, you've built this obviously as a standalone app. When you look at what, you know, companies are doing with say Fortnite or Roblox, where they're building more and more sort of experiences like in these games, like, is, is that something you would consider in the future if you were to do sort of like, let's call it Rocket Slide 2? Oh yeah, for sure. As we, even for this current Rocket Slide, as we kind of see how users are experiencing it and mm. what they're using, that's when we're, that's how we're going to adjust what we add into the game and new features. Right. Uh, I know currently right now we're working on more maps within the game. So we're creating a bigger world. Yeah, yeah. And as we create that, we're going to see how the audience interacts with that and what they like about it. Right, right. Very cool. And Stephen, like if you sort of go forward in time, you know, three years from now, what does your, you know, audience um, platform look like? So right now you're on multiple video platforms, you're rolling out a game, like what, what does the future look like for Steven Share? Yeah, so for the Steven Share and the Love brand, I would say three years from now, the goal is definitely to expand in multiple ways. So grow the merch. We wanna build an mm. entire merch empire where it's not just clothes, it's an mm. experience. Right. So there's, there's, we're, we're kind of shifting the tables on that where I don't necessarily want it to just be online merch. I want it to be 
some brick and mortar stores where it's experiences. Hmm. Create a, a, we're, we're looking to create a merch experience that's unlike any other, where you're not just going in to buy merch, you're going in for an experience. Right. We're kind of taking the trendy pop-up shops and turning it, putting our own spin on that. So that's one thing. The videos we're looking to grow and make more epic, um, continuing to make epic content. That's just my passion. I absolutely love making videos and the, the more epic we can make it, the better. And where do you, when, when you're, when you're selling online, I mean, what, what do you find the most effective e-commerce platform for your fans? Uh, the most effective e-commerce platform. Well, we have our stevenshare.com, mm -hmm. which is right now it's in a way, just a merch shop where mm -hmm. we sell all of our merch and we have newsletters that go out and all that awesome stuff. Right. But, um, that's going to grow. That's going to be more than just a merch store. And it's, it's so interesting to hear you talk about like a physical experience. I mean, I, cause I feel that like, you know, brands are either, you know, radically shifting online or are, are radically trying to shift towards like this physical experience. Like it really is one or the other, like what, what, what is, you know, and, and you started obviously as a digital brand fundamentally, right? So why, like, what is making you think about that physical experience? Why are you going that direction? Yeah, so it's kind of counterintuitive because everyone's trying to shift online. That's just mm -hmm. the way the world is moving. But it's kind of like there's certain things that you can do online and there's certain things that you can do in person. Yeah. And that's kind of the idea behind it is if you shift kind of to it's it's kind of hard to explain, but um the idea is while everyone's shifting towards something new, mm. shift towards something old. Mm but put a new spin on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of my idea behind this. So sharing the love in real life. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like it. And okay, last question, Stephen. So like, again, you got, a, you got a big audience here and they're all like, you know, a lot of these sort of professional media people and then they spend a lot of their time sort of, you know, speculating about creators and, and having conversations about creators. What do you think is the most, you know, misunderstood concept about what you do as a creator what, what what do you think is least understood you know by sort of a lot of the media companies in, in in terms of what you do and how you operate i would say the power of a video hmm. explain that i mean when people for any creator you know a, a thousand views is a thousand views hmm. right a million views is a million views hmm. how much impact that has is under is understated for sure mm, 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 mm. if you could get a thousand people in your store in a physical yeah. store that's a ton of people if you yeah. get a million people in a store that's unheard of yeah right but creators are getting this every day consistently mm, 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 mm. that's the power of a video yeah yeah it's a real it's a real magnitude thing um well stephen Scherer, thank you so much for joining us uh, on kid tech today um Everyone who's listening, please make sure you go uh, and hit up Rocket Slide. Uh, you can get it in all the app stores, I'm guessing, Stephen? All the app stores, and it's free to download. Outstanding. Go get it. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me.